Hello, and welcome to the first EstablishTheRun.com betting show of the 2023 NFL season. My name is Adam Levitan, and today I am joined by a young man who works with one of the most respected sports books in the world. They take big action without limiting anyone. I know this because I have lost a small village's GDP to them. It is, of course, Jeff Benson, the Director of Operations for Circa Sportsbook. Jeff, how's it going today? Good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, looking forward to talking some uh, NFL now that we're in week three here. For sure. First of all, be sure you guys are all following Jeff on Twitter at Jeffrey Benson 12. He's real spicy on there, mixing it up with the hellscape that is known as sports betting Twitter. I just want to be clear before we get into it here. The goal of this show is not to make picks. If you're here for us to tout, you know, winners or whatever, uh, I have bad news. The goal here is not to make picks. We're going to talk about where the money is, where it might go, any sports betting topics, industry stuff. Just pick Jeff's brain for 10 to 20 minutes like we did with Matthew Davidow last year. All right. Rams-Bengals, Jeff, this week. I believe you guys opened Bengals minus six on Sunday night, even though we knew that Joe Burrow had aggravated his calf on that second touchdown pass to T. Higgins. Line goes down to five on Monday morning, quickly down to three and a half got to two, and last time I checked, I think I saw you guys at Bengals minus two and a half. How? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Looking at the screen, it looks like it's painted three right now. Painted three, okay. How do books, how do you guys think about handling quarterback injuries? It's such a hard thing to know. For a while there, I had no idea if Joe Burrow was going to play or not. How do you handle booking when so much quarterback uncertainty is out there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really great question. I mean, I think every situation's different. You know, I think when we hung six on the opener, obviously he finished that game versus the Ravens. Um, you know, I don't think a ton of people thought he was going to miss this Monday night football game, but, you know, obviously the market thought differently. So, I mean, I think typically, you know, you, you have to try and play doctor and kind of try to read between the lines um, and determine, you know, is a quarterback probable? You know, are they 75% plus to play? Um, you know, are they questionable? Is it truly 50-50 or, you know, are they really doubtful, you know, less than 25%? Um, and I think kind of when you factor all of that stuff in, that based on where you think it is, you know, that is kind of what you're going to hang and where you're going to shade your numbers. So, you know, if you think about, um, you know, the Bengal game, you know, depending upon what percent, you know, you make him to play, in addition to how valuable you believe his backup is, which is Jake Browning, who's never started a game in the NFL, never thrown a pass in the NFL. You know, a lot of that stuff goes into how you shade the number. And if you think the drop-off from Burrow to Browning is, you know, eight points, and you think he's 50-50 to play, you know, maybe you cut that in half and maybe you hang, you know, three and a half, you know, or three. Um, and then as you get news, you know, he's, you know, going to be a walkthrough in practice today, or you get some encouraging signs out of that, you know, maybe that number ticks up to four, or if you get some doubts, he's not going to miss, you know, he's going to miss practice today fully. Um, and if he doesn't go tomorrow, then he's going to be ruled out. You know, maybe you go two or one in that scenario. Yeah. I, I, one of the things Davidow said last year, he was like, if it was up to me, I would just not have this game on the board because this isn't about booking. This isn't about sports. This is about having information that Joe Burrow is going to play or he isn't going to play. I feel like maybe that's not an option for you guys because there's so much competition out there. But do you think uh, ideally you would just not hang a number until we know on Burrow? Or do you feel like you have to hang a number? 
Yeah. I mean, for us, we feel like we have to hang a number. Um, obviously, we're not taking the limits that we're taking early in the week, as opposed to what we would be taking at post when we know whether for certainty, you know, he's going to be in or out. So for us, I think, you know, we gain a lot of insight um, and information by keeping our lineup, still taking 5K limits on the side and really going through that price discovery process. Um, you know, I think in games where there's a ton of uncertainty, um, and when I say a ton of uncertainty, nobody knows how good Jake Browning is. Nobody really knows exactly what that drop-off is. Um, so I think for us, by keeping it up, taking bets, you know, we took a hit at six, we took a hit at five, we took some bets at three and a half, we went through the three, and then once we went through that three, we started to find some resistance. Um, you know, they laid two, they laid two and a half, and obviously, you know, as I alluded to earlier, you know, the board's now painted uh, three. There's been some encouraging news, uh, particularly with the game being on Monday, having that extra day, um, you know, to to prepare and things like that, that you've seen the market kind of trend back the other way. So yeah. I think from a price discovery process, um, keeping the game on the board, taking the bets um, and understanding what the market thinks of the current situation, uh, we really find that to be very beneficial. Um, you mentioned limits and that's this is not specific to Joe Burrow's situation the Bengals limits rise as the week moves along I'm always curious what percent of money comes in early versus late not just in a situation like this but you know Circa is maybe not the most casual book I think for a book like FanDuel or DraftKings they're getting a ton of money late on Saturdays and Sundays ahead of the games I would guess you guys get more early money than other shops but do you have any idea or, or can you share at all what percent of money comes in early versus late? Yeah, I mean, there's just so much late money on Sundays, particularly when, you know, the limits go to 100000 a side or 200000 a side. Um, you know, you can take one bet at those numbers and, you know, you just wash away so much early money, um, you know, given that the limits are, you know, 20x uh, or 40x, you know, what the openers of 5K on Sunday night were. Um, so I think for us, you know, we probably, and I think really in the market, you know, Saturday, Sunday, you're probably going to see 80 or 90% of the money, um, I, I think, as a general rule of thumb. And, um, you know, just talking about the the Ram-Bengal game, you know, for a minute and talking about kind of the quarterbacks and the uncertainty, I think you've had, if, if you look uh, around the market this week, there's a number of different games that have some quarterback uncertainty. You know, we, we've seen some Seattle money uh, come in the market just before we went on here. Um, I don't think there's a huge drop-off between Bryce Young to Andy Dalton uh, or very little. Uh, and then when you look at the Colts, the drop-off from Anthony Richardson to Gardner Minshew, one could argue it might be, um, you know, that people have Minshew rated higher than Richardson. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think, you know, in these situations, you have to look at, look at, you know, what the market values the backup relative to the starter. Um, and, and games, you know, where you have Burrow to Browning, you know, that drop-off is going to be much bigger, uh, you know, to a team like um, the Panthers, you know, where you have a capable veteran backup, you know, who's played before. When I get to this Patriots-Jets game, it, it was one of the lines that surprised me this week, New England minus two and a half against the Jets in New Jersey. Looks like you guys opened Patriots minus two, got out to minus three on Monday, back to two and a half minus 115 on the Patriots side. Now, I mean, I'm a massive Zach Wilson hater. I think the guy is total, total, total dust. However, however, I think the Jets team is good enough to where it's kind of crazy to me, or at least 
uh, and I, I don't bet sides and stuff like that, but it seems struck me as crazy that the Patriots, who I don't think are very good, are favored in New York against these Jets. Any thoughts on where the money is or where it might go in this game here between the Patriots and the Jets? Yeah, I mean, all the talks, obviously, about Zach Wilson, you know, how Be- Bill Belichick has owned him in his career, how much familiarity he has being in that division uh, and things like that. So I think from where you see the market trade this game, it's going to be 2.75. You know, you're going to get juice two and a half uh, or cheap threes. I think that number is going to yo-yo back and forth. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a solid number at that number. I don't really have an opinion, uh, you know, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're going to see people just trade around that key number. Um, and, yeah, I mean, obviously he hasn't performed well uh, in you know, obviously this season um, and, and taking over for Rodgers. Um, but it's really, you know, as you alluded to, you know, they got some good pieces on the offensive, uh, you know, side of things. They've got a fantastic defense. Um, you know, Salah is a pretty good coach. You know, when you talk about the Patriots, on the other hand, you know, they played a pretty good game uh, versus the Eagles. Obviously came up uh, a little bit short with that late drive. And I, I think also the Patriots played pretty well against the Dolphins. So I think from a metrics perspective, Maybe people view the Patriots a little bit better than their 0-2 record, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what the market thinks of this game. But I, I think 2.75 is a, a pretty good number uh, in terms of the range we're going to see this traded as we move towards Sunday. Speaking of metrics, I think you know some things that if you just look at a box score you don't catch would be Hail Mary in the Broncos game that made their stuff look way better than maybe it should have been last week. I mean, the bottom line is that the Broncos have lost two straight games at home to the Raiders and the commanders now when you have a line at six and a half here which i believe is where the entire market is at dolphins minus six and a half over broncos a lot of people will say oh vegas is vegas is begging us to take the dolphins because they're not making it seven they're they're making it six and a half any thoughts on that narrative out there and any thoughts on this game in general yeah i mean obviously denver looked good in the first half versus the commanders you know russ was was really cooking in terms of moving the ball downfield i know mem said some deep shots as did judy um you know the offense looked better getting judy back i know he didn't play week one um but they obviously completely fell apart you know in the second half against a commander's team that i don't think is particularly good um you know obviously people have talked about the tension between uh you know russ uh, and sean payton so it seems like there's some underlying issues going on there you know Denver hasn't looked great on defense, uh, which we thought was probably going to be their calling card coming into the season. So, you know, now they have to to travel across country to face a Miami team, you know, that's 2-0, and played really well this season, and it has an informed Tua, you know, who, according to some, may or may not be the MVP favorite. Um, you know, I think we haven't seen this number, you know, go to seven. Uh, you know, Waddle obviously is in concussion protocol, Um questionable as to whether he's going to play uh obviously you had uh Tyreek Hill with the DNP yesterday with the ankle injury I obviously I don't think anything of that I think that was just kind of a veteran rest day um think he's obviously going to suit up which I, I think you guys probably agree as well yeah but I think you know those two things um you know are probably holding that number from going to seven yeah uh, yeah definitely a little surprised to not to not see that tick up there just to be clear you guys don't personally hang a six and a half to get more money on the favorite right because like I, the, the tons of people i know are like oh man they're trying to give it to us adam they're trying to they're trying to make us take the minus seven by not putting it to seven they know the six and a half is out there uh there's nothing to that correct absolutely i mean for us like i said you know we 
have the biggest limits, uh, you know, when you talk about sides. Um, and for us, you know, every single half point matters. So, you know, the number that we hang and put on the board is the number that we want to trade the game at. Um, obviously, as you get a little bit higher, um, you know, into the eight and a half, nine, nine and a half range, you know, there may, may be a little bit of teaser protection in terms of, you know, if you want to shade, you know, a half a point higher, half a point lower. Um, but typically, you know, generally, you know, anything you know, touchdown or less, um, you know, the number you hang on the board is the number that you want to confidently book the game and take bets at. Um, you mentioned the two MVP stuff. So I actually didn't even know that you guys had MVP market up, but Jeff tweeted that you guys do have MVP and a couple other awards markets up. I love, love, love awards markets. And one of the reasons that I love it is stuff you don't see in the sides in total or many other NFL markets. I mean, we're sitting here talking about half points and minus 115 versus minus 110 as big discrepancies across books in the sides in total game. I mean, Jeff had and Circa had Tua as like the third or fourth, whereas FanDuel had Tua as the favorite to be the MVP. So I assume there's going to be people looking to ARB across these markets and stuff. What made you guys want to put up awards markets and what do you think about all the ARBing or whatever's going on across these markets yeah i mean obviously you know the nfl's king you know these award markets whether it's mvp uh you know coach of the year rookie of the year offensive player of the year um you know they're just so popular um and they're so narrative based you know things change very quickly from week to week um and as you alluded to when you look at these different books you know places take a position on on certain things whether that's you know their opinion on it uh, whether that's the best they're seeing or, or sort of a combination of both. So, um, you know, you can find really good prices, you know, if you're looking across a, a number of different books, um, you know, that you can get access to, you know, the guy who uh, hangs our NFL, um, you know, all of our NFL markets, his a, a direct quote from him was he said that Tua being favored in the MVP market was a total joke. I agree. And, yeah, I mean, uh, when you when you think about Tua and the Dolphins, you know, obviously last year they came out blazing hot, looked really, really good, you know, and then obviously he got hurt. Um, and I think to some degree this is also a team award. You know, you're, you're probably going to need him to get 11, 12, 13 wins. Um, so this is also sort of a, a little bit of a bet on the Dolphins as well. You know, I don't even know that they're the, the best team in their own division yet. Um, so. We, we don't have Tua as a favorite. Uh, we have him probably a, a, the third or fourth favorite. Um, you know, obviously, we believe, we believe Mahomes uh, still deserves to be the favorite. We have him priced at five to one. Um, but it's early in the season. There's a lot of games left. Yeah. Uh, you know best. You know, this market will move. Um, looking at a couple of, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the screen right now, a couple of other interesting things. You know, we lose a nice house on, on Brock Purdy. Uh, he's the MVP. Uh, we're a big loser to to Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. Uh, we're daring people to bet on Deshaun Watson. Uh, this morning we took a little bit of Parsons money, uh, seventy five yeah. and sixty to one, which I I don't understand how a defense mm. player could ever be MVP. Now, I, when I tweeted uh, about Tua yesterday, like I'd say twenty of the responses were, "It's going to be Parsons, it's going to be Parsons," and like we have spent so much time trying to educate people on what actually wins these markets. It would take. 30 sacks for Micah Parsons and probably like 15 Cowboys wins for him to even have a chance in this market. And yeah, Deshaun Jackson even quote tweeted my tweet and was like, where's TJ Watt? TJ Watt should be the MVP. So yeah, there's, I mean, there's a huge edge in, in these markets it, for sure. 
so much dead money and it it, it yeah. you think about uh the Super Bowl MVP where everybody's you know they always want to bet the defensive players you know who don't always have a, you know you're getting way less than the correct true price um yeah I, I don't think Parsons has any chance to win the MVP uh some definite you know some 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 groups out there definitely disagree with that assessment um but I think generally speaking you know the the general theme within our MVP market is we're going to lose big to any non-quarterback. Um, but, you know, this is a quarterback award. This is a quarterback league. Um, and, and our numbers have, have taken that position. Uh, any other games this week you wanted to stand that stand out to you from in terms of where Sharp Money has been? I assume that I, my guess, just looking at the board, is that Sharp Money is going to end up on the commanders here. I know you guys are at six. Some more square books are at six and a half in that Bill's commanders game but any other games you think are seeing sharp money so far you think we'll continue to see sharp money yeah i mean obviously a release took out the sevens uh in the commander bills game um and when you look at you know the market uh last week they bet against the bills you know so maybe you're seeing a similar sentiment here you know i could see this closing 6.75 you know maybe trading uh between an expensive six and a half and and a reduced uh seven you know i assume as most shops will need the commanders, uh, you know, for us here at Circus Sports, you know, as you alluded to, it's a little bit different. We don't generally get a uh, a lot of public money. So a lot of times, you know, what people need in the industry, yeah. you know, maybe doesn't align with what we're seeing here. Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine this game trading between six and a half and seven. Uh, that's what we've seen early this week. Uh, as you look at the screen and kind of where our needs are in terms of, you know, other games, we've seen sharp money. Uh, they took out the tens and the nine and a halfs on Houston. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see this. You know, I think when you look at the final score of the Colt game, um, obviously after you know Richardson left, it wasn't really indicative of you know how the Texans got dominated. And I think when you look at you know the injuries they have, particularly on both sides of the ball, uh, you know to both of their safeties. Uh, obviously, they just added Stingley to IR uh, this morning. Um, I'm not really sure why people are buying Houston, uh, but I think obviously with the reports, it looks like Stroud's good to go with his shoulder stuff. Uh, so I think that's probably why you saw the market come back a little bit. A lot of love for the Las Vegas Raiders, and I don't think it has anything to do with being in Las Vegas. So yeah. uh, we, we saw some Raider money at pick, now a little bit of money at minus one and a half. You know, the Raiders were bet hard last week versus the Bills uh, before they laid an egg on the road. I think really this is kind of more of a bet against Matt Canada um, and the offensive ineptitude that they showed on Monday night versus the Browns, uh, which they were gained by, outgained by like 200 plus yards. So I think it's a little bit of a bet against uh, that. Um, and obviously, I think there's some people in the market that uh, that like the Raiders. Uh, as we talked about earlier, you know, they, they took six, five and a half and three and a half on the Bengals before we saw resistance at two and two and a half. Uh, obviously, with some encouraging news from Burrow, and then really kind of in a similar uh, game, um, Tennessee and Atlanta uh, have both been popular underdogs uh, early this week, uh, both in the four and a half and four range. Obviously, those numbers are long gone when you look at the screen, um, but both of those teams took uh, early money uh, this week here at Circus Sports, and uh, generally speaking, in the market as well. Yeah, love it. Super, super interesting. Thanks for that. The last thing before I get you out of here is this whole controversy that we have to talk about, about refunding of bets. So if you guys, those of you who aren't familiar with what's been going on out there, anytime a player gets hurt now, whether it's Aaron Rodgers in week one or Nick Chubb in week two, there are books out there 
who refund all their prop bet overs. And obviously, like these are a lot of casual people who are betting the overs on Nick Chubb and, and Aaron Rodgers and star players and basketball players that get hurt or whatever. And then if they get hurt, they expect or demand a refund. And a lot of books are um, bending the knee and accepting that. Now, I know the easy thing to say, Jeff, is to be a hardo and say, you made a bet, you lost. That's why, you know, we're baking in uh, into our models. We have it baked in injury risk and everything. And we are doing that when we bet props and everything like that. Casual people aren't doing that. They don't understand that. I actually kind of understand why books are refunding this. It's just a whole customer acquisition game. These people aren't betting for a living. They're not trying to make their mortgage payment on Aaron Rodgers and Nick Chubb overs. And so it gives them a good taste and a rather good experience if you refund the bet. They're not out there trying to take each other's throats. Like when I bet against Jeff, I'm trying to crush him and take all his money, right? Like it's not the same thing. So I'm curious where you're at. I understand Circus position, obviously. I'm just curious where you're at on this whole controversy about refunding of bets when guys get hurt. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit up here and be an, uh, you know, hardo and, and a total asshole just for no reason. Um, do we do it at Circa? No. Do I have a problem with other books doing it? No, I, I, I don't. I, I think for me, um, you know, where the, I have the problem is the entitlement and the expectation from betters. Um, you know, I've been in the industry for, you know, 12, 13 plus years. You know, I understand people are trying to do it from a customer acquisition cost, um, you know, to gain market share. And that makes total sense. I, I think where it doesn't make sense to me is the inconsistency where, with where they do it. Um, cause I think that leads to a negative customer experience in which you did it for Nick Chubb, but you didn't do it for JK Dobbins. You know, it, it, it's like, you're damned if you do damned, if you don't, you did it in this specific situation, but you didn't do it for that. I and mean, I think it really leads to an inconsistent experience for the customer in which they may have gotten it one time, but then they don't get it the next. And if you're, you know, not as deep into the industry as, you know, myself or you, they don't really understand, you know, when they get it and when they don't get it. Um, but I think generally speaking, you know, people just can't see the forest through the trees. And I think in this specific industry, in this world, everybody is so short-sighted and they want instant gratification. So obviously if they make a bet and they're, you know, their player rolls, you know, their ankle on the first, you know, the first play, obviously they want their money back. But I think what people don't understand in terms of this constant complaining um, and this pressure that they put on these books on social media is twofold. First, the more that these, you know, rec books have to do refunds, the less likely they are to incent, uh, the less likely they are incent to be incentivized to uh, increase their prop menu. Um, and for somebody like yourself who who doesn't really bet sides and, and totals and wants to bet as many props on a weekly basis, you know, that's going to be something that holds you back. Mm -hmm. And then secondarily, the more that these books give away free money and continue to refund week after week after week, what's going to happen is that these books are going to increase the VIG on props. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you want to bet, you know, Christian McCaffrey rushing yards tonight at Circa Sports, it's minus 110 on the over, minus 110 on the under. Well, if you go to a DraftKings or FanDuel, it may be minus 115 on the over and minus 115 on the under. So I think it's naive for people to think 
that they're not going to be paying for this down the road in the form of increased VIG and very clearly a less deep prop menu um, than than what they've come to expect um, at this point in the industry. I think that's really well said. And that's why I like to do these podcasts. Jeff is on fire on Twitter, blasting at people, but it's a way more nuanced conversation than anything ever is on Twitter. So yeah, I'm glad we had to do that. That's a well, good point that I didn't even think about for sure. Um, all right. If you guys want to bet against Jeff, I know he's in Colorado because that's where I am. Where else can people bet against you and the circuit team, Jeff? Yeah, so we're uh, we're in three states, soon to be four. Uh, obviously, we operate in Nevada. Uh, as you alluded to, we operate in Colorado. Uh, we also have uh, mobile only in Iowa. Uh, and I would say sometime here in the next 10 days, we're going to go live in Illinois, both in a retail and on a mobile setting. Um, and then hopefully before the end of the year, we'll be in Kentucky as well. So hopefully uh, by the start of 2024, we'll be in five states and you know, the goal for us continues to be uh, expanding and, and bringing sports betting the way it should be to all in this great country. All right. Really, really, really appreciate the time from Jeff here. Be sure, again, you're following him on Twitter at Jeffrey Benson. Well, or Jeff. Producer Luke, behind the scenes, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.